0: Praise the Lord. We are going to the book of James today. The book of James. Oh, i got to dismiss the kids. I'm sorry. I forgot about that, huh? Kids, you're dismissed. So give them a hand clap. What a blessing, the teachers and the kids. Praise God. Hallelujah. Sorry about that. Hallelujah. James chapter 2, please. James chapter 2. Praise the Lord. Did you come with an ear to hear? Hallelujah. Now we have, uh, the last several weeks, have been uh, talking about, you know, really about going higher, finishing this thing right, um, lifting a standard, you know, being all that we're called to be, doing it right. Come on. Uh, Talked about uh, time with God, you know, our time in the Word, time in the house of God, the, being around the people of God, being focused, not distracted, being transformed and not conformed. Come on. Last week talked some things about uh, right values, you know, having our heart uh, right with everything in our heart and where it where it belongs, uh, just proper value system, praise God. Trudy did a wonderful job on that, had all kinds of great props, right? Come on. And just talking about the importance of, uh, you know, how you value things, how things are, in a sense, value within the heart, amen. And so we we have been just, over the last few weeks, just trying to, really just trying to get us all to... You know, step up our game a little bit. Sound good? Look at your neighbor and say, I think you need a little bit more stepping up. Come on now. Hallelujah. So, James chapter 2 and verse 14, please. James 2 and verse 14. We'll read through some of this. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can his faith save him? Well, uh, the answer to that is going to be no. Now, what in context? Talking about you know, a people of faith. we how know we're called to walk in faith? Come on, we're called to walk by faith, not by sight. The word says, "Have faith in God." I mean, that's just good doctrine. Uh, the word faith in itself, the Greek word is pistis, which means uh, you know, reliance, dependence, a uh, uh, conviction and assurance, a trust. Uh, a dependence upon, a, uh, uh, to believe in. I mean, these are all synonyms to this word faith, all right? And uh, we're called to live by faith. Thank you for all that enthusiasm, amen. We're called to live by faith. Hallelujah. We live by faith. That's how we live. We live, amen, with faith in God. Amen. Not, not in the, the world system. Not in, not in what people say. Not in the, what it, how it looks. Come on, somebody. We walk by faith and not by our emotions and our feelings and how things look. We walk by faith. We live by faith. That's, that's what we do, praise God. You know, I've had people, you know, over the years that say, oh, you're part of that faith group. Thanks for noticing. Hallelujah. Yes, we are. We're part of the faith group. Uh, What are you, part of the doubt group? Unbelief group? Come on now. I know mean, we're called, it's, it's a way of life. It's not, a, it's not some, you know, some, you know, uh, uh, you know group uh, that, you know, it's just this group of people. No, it's how we all should live as believers, praise God. We walk by faith and not by sight. And it says, what does it profit, profit my brethren, if someone says that he has faith but does not have works? Well, uh, this word works, you know, it's a word that refers to action. Uh, refers to a corresponding action. In fact, most of the time as you study, that's referring to a corresponding action. Uh, it refers to, you know, doing and, and showing forth. Amen. It's about having, a, a, you know, a, a being a witness. Come on, somebody. So, you know, somebody says, well, we're, we're saved by faith and not, not by our works. Well, we aren't saved by our works, but once you get saved, you better have a few. Come on. Now, you know, you're not, your works ain't there to, to try to impress God. Your works ain't there to try to get God to accept you more or to love you more. Amen. How many know he's gonna he ain't gonna love you any more than he already does? You ain't no more accepted than you already are. Come on, somebody. But those works are there for a reason. And that's why he's asking the question. This is why I really actually enjoy the book of James. Uh, you know, I just enjoy what he has to say in this book. Uh, But it says, can faith save him? In other words, faith by itself without any kind of corresponding action, can it save him? Can just saying you believe in something, is it enough? Well, the answer is no. He goes on to say here in verse uh, 15, If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says, everybody say says, one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? In other words, you know, telling somebody who has a need that uh, you know be blessed isn't meeting the need. So it isn't just your words that are going to, in a sense, get get something done here. It's going to take some kind of action. In other words, you're going to have to show something. Now, in context, and just. For, you know, especially in the day and hour we're in, this does not say that every person that comes up to you that wants something, that you're called to give and make sure everybody gets something. Because there's enough other verses that, you know, the word's real clear about, uh, you know, you, we're called to rightly divide the word, amen. And so there's enough verses out there say, listen, you ain't going to put your hand to the plow, uh, you're probably not going to eat. Well, I'll just leave that alone. But that's a whole other sermon. But the bottom line is this, there are, there are legitimate needs out there and, and people who have legitimate, uh, you, know, uh, you know, requests and things that they need, praise God. And man, we ought to do everything we can instead of just talking about meeting somebody's need or talking about being a difference maker. We ought to put our hand, amen, to it, praise God, and show forth something that's called corresponding action. Am I getting across to you? So, in other words, will just telling this individual, be warmed and be filled, be enough? It ain't enough. That's all they're trying to make the the point here. So, in other words, in order for this to be uh, something that's going to produce something, you're going to have to put your hand to something, help that individual out, give them whatever is necessary so they can get on down the road, praise God, with their needs met. Can I hear a big amen? amen? Now, I'm building on something here today, okay? You're not shutting me off, are you? Because some people say, well, you know, I know what he's going to preach now, so I don't need to hear it. You probably don't know what I'm going to preach. Hallelujah. But you need to hear this part to get so where I can get to where I have to get to. It says, verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, here we go, is dead. In other words, you can say all day long that you believe something. You can say all day long. That I love God, that I trust in God, that I believe in God. Come on. But if there's no corresponding action, it says it's dead. The faith, amen, is dead. It has it's lifeless. It is non-productive. It is bearing no fruit. It is unfinished. Still with me? Today we're going to talk some about this corresponding action and Kind of tying it in with our faith because you know we got to have finished faith. We got to have finished faith and not faith that's unfinished. Are you with me? We got to have the faith that it takes to get a job done, the faith that it takes that we're going to trust in God to the end. Amen, because that's kind of what we've been focusing on, taking it to the end. we got to have the kind of faith that isn't going to back up and quit, throw in the towel, look back, draw back, pull back, give up and quit because the pressure's on. we got to have finished faith, faith that'll get the job done, faith that'll take you to the end. So it's not going to be just some, some uh, word coming out your mouth that says you believe God. Or that you love God. You could say all day long, you love God and never have any kind of action that proves that. So then, is your love worth anything? Ooh. Kind of a blunt statement there, but, I mean, stop and think about it. I mean, it's like it's like telling your spouse you love them all day and then treat them like something you shouldn't be treating them like. And then you say you love them again and they look at you with cross-eyed and think, huh? And then you get mad at them because they look at you cross-eyed because they ain't believing what you're saying. Why is that? Because you don't have finished love. Are you with me? So We're talking about finished faith. You can believe and keep believing, not quit just because it doesn't look right or because somebody said something you wish they wouldn't have said. Or somebody didn't agree with you like you wanted them to. Or because, you know, you've been standing and maybe you haven't quite seen the full result yet that you're waiting for. Amen. That's why through faith and your patience or your consistency, you inherit those promises. You don't quit because you got to walk with finished faith. But if you're going to give up and quit, then what you have is faith that's unfinished. Still with me? And this is what he's talking about. That See, if, it, if it's faith by itself, if it's just saying you have faith, but you don't have any kind of corresponding action, then it's just lifeless. It's unfinished. Still with me? All right, let's look a little bit further here. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. He said this, show me. Everybody say, show me. Show me. Maybe they're from Missouri. Missouri, the show me state. I better check that out before I say those things. Might be a wrong reason for that. I don't know. But anyway, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So, in other words, you can't just talk it. You gotta have some action. You gotta have some corresponding action. Look at this. He says this in verse 19. You believe that there is one God. How many believe is one God? Woo! Somebody shout amen. amen. And he says, you do well. That's a good thing to know, right? Good thing to believe that there is one God. But guess what? Even the demons believe that. I mean, if that's as far as your faith is going to go, you ain't got no better faith than a demon does. If If a demon had faith. Well, it does say that, you know, even a demon believes. Pistiel is that word there. But it says they also tremble. They believe enough in that God. They know on. well. If he just wants to squish me like a bug, he could. Come on, somebody. But I don't want to be outdone by some demon. Do you have finished faith or faith unfinished? What do you got today? Finished faith. Come on, right? So you could just say you believe. But how many know it's not enough to just say you believe something? There's got to be some kind of action. We've got to see something. Amen. Now, again, you ain't saved by your works. But if you say you believe something, somebody ought to be able to look at your life and say, that person believes. If you say you have faith, somewhere online, the they should be able to look at your life and say, that, person's, that person has faith in God. That person has faith to be healed or faith to be delivered or faith, amen, concerning provision or oh, they have faith concerning their marriage or their family or something. If you're telling somebody you're believing God, then we got to see something. You know sometimes we, you know, and and our heart really isn't about, you know, trying to bring up some negative. I'm going somewhere with this today and this is where I have to go through to get to it. And so you got people that go into prayer and praise the Lord, they go into prayer, but they come out of the prayer room more depressed than we went into the prayer room. I'd say, you get it back in there and do it you Do it right this time. Now, either we believe God or we don't. Either we're going to trust God or we don't. But if we're going to say we're going to believe God, then let's believe God. Finish faith. No oh, hallelujah. Well, let's try another one, see if we can get, get you all... Pumped up here. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, <laughs> that faith without works is dead? Now that's dead. Okay, so you gotta have you gotta have some you got if you want a live faith, you want finished faith, you're gonna have to have some action. You're gonna have to have some corresponding action. Verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? He didn't just talk it, did he? He lived it. When he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar. Now I mean that's pretty huge. Okay. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect or complete or mature that word means. And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God. So he didn't just say he believed God. God was checking out where his heart was and he proved he was willing even to lay down that which was most precious to him for his God. So he said, wow, that's a, that's a big thing to offer up a you know your child. You know, I noticed he didn't necessarily tell his wife before he left. If you read the story, amen. You know, he the Lord uh, you know, he knew he was gonna go offer up a sacrifice and he was supposed to bring his his you know promised son. Amen. And when he, you know, went up to the mount, amen, set up the altar, got everything ready. Amen. And the son asked, where's the sacrifice? He said, the Lord will provide. Then he begins to tie up his son. Now, you know, it's not just Abraham that had to have a little faith here. I don't think this son was just some little squirt that, you know, this is, he's, you know, getting a little older. He's probably maybe even, maybe even, maybe even, you know, borderline teenager. So I'm sure he could outrun dad. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Ties up his son and lifts back that knife. Scripture tells us that Abraham saw his son raised up out of the ashes. He literally was going to offer up his son, but because he believed God in the fact that that son was the promised child, he thought, if God tells me to offer up my son, then somehow he's going to raise this boy back up out of the ashes right in front of me, and I'm going to see one heck of a miracle. Now, how many know that would take a little bit more than just saying you believe? Are you with me? Everybody say, finish faith. Finish faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, praise the Lord. Uh, through this whole deal, there was, there was a reason for all this, and, and through that, because of a, his a covenant uh, you know, covenant friend, praise God. In fact, that's what it just goes, next verse, I think it talks about he's the friend of God. He was called the friend of God, amen. And so the point being, praise God, he was dear. Uh, God saw Abraham as a dear, it literally means a dear, fond Why? Because of his willingness to not only believe but to trust through corresponding action. Amen. He saw in his covenant friend, praise God, a man who truly believed in him. And because of what he did through that, praise God, it created a whole uh, avenue, amen, for God to move through and God offering up his own son. Hell, anyway, that's a whole other sermon. But the bottom line is this. We see, amen, a man that was willing to have corresponding action with what he said he believed. Everybody say, finish faith. Finish faith, praise God. Let's go on here. What verse am I in now? Verse uh, 24. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the? Word of God. See, faith comes by hearing. In other words, you're gonna have faith in the word, you hear the word, faith comes. Everybody say faith comes. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, but results come by doing the word. Are you still with me? So praise God for what we hear and the messages that we hear and in some great preaching, hallelujah. Reading the Word, meditating on the Word, hearing some good preaching. Amen. You got all kinds of hundreds of of great ministers of the gospel out there ministering words of faith. Amen. That when you hear that word being taught, faith comes. Hallelujah. Praise God. But how many know you got to have more than just faith coming? You got to have faith producing, faith that'll finish. See, you got to have some action. Look at your neighbor and say, we need some action here. Hallelujah. Need some action. Well, here's another story. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot? Oh, my gosh. A lady of the night. Rahab the harlot. She was also justified by works when she received the messengers. Remember now, she was the... She was the one uh, that, where the messenger stayed that came to spy out Jericho before they crossed over and, uh, uh, you know, overcame Jericho, praise God. So the spies went out. They, had, they found somebody that would house them for a minute. I mean, and, and so they, uh, she took care of them. The word says she received them and then sent them out another way to protect them so they wouldn't lose their life. Come on. What she did was willing, praise God, to lay down her own life for this. Come on, somebody. What a risk, right? All right. What a commitment. Now, one of the things about faith, the Greek word again, pistis, uh, you know, uh, to believe in, rely upon, trust in, have confidence in, amen, to be con- have conviction. These are all different synonyms to it. But when you really look at it and study it, It refers to total faith. We're talking about Bible faith. We ain't talking about some sissified faith. We're talking about total faith, real faith. We're talking about believing to the end, not quitting, not giving up, total conviction, total reliance, total dependence, total trust. Everybody say total. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody says, I don't think mine's total yet. Well, just keep hearing it and keep keep uh, responding and reacting, amen, and doing things, amen, that, that would correspond with what you're hearing. Everybody say we need finished faith. Hallelujah. You still with me? All right. For as the body without the spirit... Is dead. How many believe that's probably true? If your spirit checked out today, guess what? The body's gonna flop over right there on the chair. Are you with me? So without see the body without the spirit is dead, it says, so look at the look at the, the comparison here. So faith without works is dead also. Now there's what three times in this text we read in about ten verses there. And uh, eight or ten verses, I don't know how many we read there, but three times at least in that text, it says that your faith without some kind of corresponding action is dead, it's lifeless. So it isn't about just saying something or just hearing something and being casual, come on, about what you're hearing. We got to apply some stuff. We got to begin to take some steps. We got to begin to, amen, have a reaction or two that lines up with what we've been hearing are you still with me see sometimes you know it isn't just the initial action sometimes it's reactions see a lot of times people have you know there's somebody that does something stupid have you ever had the stupid spirit get on you come on now we've all had the spirit of stupid jump on us and and just slap us upside the head somehow or another we submit to it I don't know how that happens but it does and, and we, you know, we do something or our neighbor did something or that, that other person did something and, and that it was just very obvious that the wrong spirit was, uh, you know, had him in a headlock. The point is, you know, that happens and, and then we turn around thinking we're justified to have another spirit, uh, stupid spirit moment. Does that offend any of you? Okay, good. I'm going to keep saying Anyway, the point is this, okay? You know the Spirit of God is probably talking to you at that time and says, Hey, walk in love. Hey, don't let that move you. Hey, shut thy mouth. Hey, don't go there. Hey. Don't meditate on that. Hey, stop being offended. Hey, don't, don't go there. And we go, ah. What just happened? Well, it's what you call faith without works. See that's just as much faith without works. Are you with me? Let me explain it to you. All right. Go with me, if you will, to chapter 1. Let's back up here and look at a few things. Still kind of building here, but, but we're going to see it here. Verse 21, please. It says, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness. In other words, be teachable here. Receive with meekness the implanted word. Everybody say the implanted word. Everybody say, Praise God for the word. Hallelujah, which is able to, here we go, save your souls, praise God. And that's just more than just get born again verse. It's talking about any area of your life, amen, that you need, amen, God to move in. Let's get the word going in you, praise God. And you get enough of that word going in you, praise God. You got faith now that has come, praise God. But what happened, we got to have a little bit of action. Come on now. It goes on, verse 22, but be doers of the word. Don't just say, hey, great word, preacher. I've had a lot of times where, you know, we've all been here. I mean, we've all been guilty of this mess. But, I mean, a lot of times somebody comes, shake my hand, say, man, whoo. Wow, that's that's great preaching, preacher. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the next best thing to send sliced bread. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Then they walk down the sidewalk, get to their car, and they forgot about it. Because you got to be a doer of it. You can't just hear it. You gotta be a doer too. Come on, somebody. And by the time they got home, they forgot all about it. Come on, somebody. Now we've all been there. I'm not pointing at anybody. I'm not you you know you can point at each other, but I'm not pointing at you. We've all been guilty of this kind of stuff. We just heard it. We didn't necessarily apply it. We just heard it. Look at your neighbor and say, finish faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. Goes on to say, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, well, he's like a man that observes his natural face in a mirror. You know, he's looking, at him, fix himself up. He observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Well, that's kind of goofy. It's just, you know, comparison here. He said, well, it goes on. He says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and enters the Word of God and continues in it, He's not a forget or not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does, not blessed in what he hears. Blessed in what he does. Are you still with me? So we got to be a doer of things we hear. I'm still building. You still got an ear to hear, because I got to get to the end, and you got to hear the end. But you have to to understand the importance of not just being a hearer only, the importance of not just saying, I believe something, and then never follow through with anything. It's just lifeless. It's just a bunch of hooey, a bunch of talk. No life. No, it won't produce anything. And we want results. We want to get to the end. We want finished faith. I don't want to just say I believe God heals. I want to receive healing. I don't want to just say God provides. I want to get to the end and see provision. I don't want to just say I believe that. I want to see the results of it, praise God. I don't want to just say I believe that all the promises of God are yes and amen. I want to experience those promises. And I'm not mad. Well, you know, hallelujah. So let's look at something else. Go go to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, please. Are you still attentive? All right, Matthew 7. Now, do you think that most? I'm just going to ask a question. So let's let's see. You know, do you think that maybe most people that um, that hear the word and then don't apply it? Do you think it's mostly because of rebellion? I don't think so either. Good answer. I, I don't think it is either. I think there's some that, but usually if somebody's coming. To hear the truth or to hear words that bring faith, come on, somebody, they're not going to turn right around and just be rebellious. Well, there's few, but most will not, right? Most people, it's just, it comes down to this. It comes down to a thing called casualness. We just hear some. well, I've heard that before, and you just move along. And, oh, that's great. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, it got me pumped up. Yay, hallelujah. Glory to God. Preach it. Woo, 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 woo. And then we walk out and not, not apply anything. So what happens is it's more about a casualness to what he says. Okay, let's look at a text here in Matthew 7, verse 24. says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, now, I thought it would be worthy of saying it, reading it this way because I was thinking this, that sometimes, um, sometimes it's not even so much about the written word. Now I'm not taking away, and don't you dare walk out of here saying I am. Sometimes it's about what he says to us just going along in everyday life. You know, we got this going into us, which you should. Go back and look at a few other sermons we just recently did. Come on, somebody. The point is this. It's not, it's not just hearing this. Sometimes it's the little things He says to you in the course of your day. Okay, you with me? Because He says here, whoever hears these sayings of mine, well, at the time it's not recorded. He's talking to these people. And sometimes He's talking to you about some things. And it may not be recorded. You might be able to, you know, obviously find it somewhere in the Scriptures, hopefully. If it's something you're hearing, it should be somewhere in there. But the point is this, he might be talking to you about something, about your walk, about your your health, your finance, your marriage, your kids, uh, your just uh, walk in general. Come on, whatever it may be. See, he says, whoever hears these things of mine and then, oh, 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 does them, See, you can't be casual about it. You're gonna to have to hear this, and then you're gonna to have to be willing to step out and do something. He said, I will liken him to a wise man. Not a wise guy, a wise man. Look at your neighbor. It says, Good to be wise. He says, I will liken him to a wise man who, here we go, who built his house on the rock. Let's keep reading. This is great. Hallelujah. Don't you love it? And the rain descended and the floods came. Oh, my gosh, it looks horrible. And the winds blew and it beat on the house. Oh, my gosh, what's going on out there? It's So dramatic. Well, it's a dramatic moment. And it did not fall for it was founded, for it was what? Founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them. In other words, you ain't applying yourself to anything. See, I'm just, I'm telling you stuff, and you're not you're not doing anything. I keep telling you what you could do to make this better. How to change this. How to turn this around, but you don't do anything with it. And he does not do them. will be like a fool. A foolish man. Look at your neighbor and say, not here, motor scooter. will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. There was still a building. There was still some construction that went on. But it wasn't built on anything solid. And it says, oh, here we go again. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and it beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. The point is, same storm, same words. Both individuals heard. One did, one did not. One house stood, one house did not. Plain and simple. You can't get any more simple than that. You don't do anything, guess what? The storm, the storms always come. The wind blows. And sometimes it comes from natural stuff. Sometimes it comes from some of guys' mouth. Some people are windy. Okay, I'll leave it alone. Leave it alone. Anyway, they're just talking, say things, trying to get a rise. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beats on the house. Both of them experienced the same storm, but one stood firm. One was able to go outside, amen, right after the winds got done, sit on the rocker out on the deck, sip perrier, and eat a bonbon, praise ye the Lord. But the other guy is heading downstream. House and all. You can't just say you believe something. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to act on it. Anybody hearing me? You want a house that stands or a house that falls? I want one that stands. Whoo! Mark fourteen. Doing good? All right. Winding her down right here. Mark 14. Verse 37. This actually would have been part of your reading last week. For all you following along in your reading. Yay, Pastor! Amen! Okay. Verse 37 says this, and he came, and of course this is in the garden here, him and his disciples there. He came and he found them sleeping. Everybody say sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Just talking an hour. So he says this, verse 38, watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed, spoke the same words unto the Lord. He's talking to God, right? And when he returned, he found him asleep again. What the heck? Found him asleep again. Everybody say, sleep, Sleep again. For their eyes were heavy. And they did not know even what to answer. They couldn't. It's like, duh, we've been busted again. Then he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See my betrayers at hand. of course, that's when Judas showed up and the whole thing. Bottom line is this. There were words that Jesus said to them. He said, hey, how about if we watch and pray? Watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation. Now, I would say that's probably words of, words of life coming from the Master. What do you think? I'm just saying. I'm just, I mean, but, you know, it's just Jesus. <laughs> he does crazy stuff like this all the time disappears, goes off and prays, and we're all wandering around, you know, twiddling our thumbs, wondering what we're going to do now until he shows back up again. Well, maybe he's off doing a miracle. Maybe he's off doing this. You know, he's probably just talking to God about something. Who knows? Come on, somebody. But he said, why don't you watch and pray? How about you watch and pray? Well, let's define that because just in case somebody doesn't understand what that means. The word watch means to be watchful or to keep awake. (laughs) Let's say, you you think maybe they took him serious? Do you think they loved God? Do you think they loved Jesus? Do you, you think they respected Jesus? Be cautious how you answer all that. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, he goes on, be watchful, keep awake, be vigilant, it means. He meant alert, attentive, perceptive. That's kind of a bunch of other synonyms for that. It kind of goes along with 1 Peter, like it says, you know, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion. So you have to be alert because the enemy's out there sneaking around. Yeah, and he's more alert than you are. And if you're casual about what he says, then you enter into... Temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You don't think Jesus knows that? Well, I'm tired. Listen, listen, listen. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Breaks, breaks, breaks. Uh, you know, excuses, excuses. I'm. You know, uh, a month ago, I think I even shared this. A month ago, Spirit of God says, "My people." Uh, feel justified in their excuses and exempt from consequences. They think they're justified in all their excuses, and as a result of it then, they're exempt from any kind of consequence. No, you're not. If you don't give heed to what He says and then apply yourself to what He says, there comes a payday, there comes a consequence. And you can point your finger at God and be mad at God all day long, and it ain't going to do you any good. Because he's trying to lead you and help you, get you going down the right road because he didn't want your house going downstream. He wants your house to stand firm no matter what you're up against. It says the spirit indeed is willing. Well, let's let's back up. Let's read that because let's see how willing they were, okay? Verse 27 of the same chapter. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Everybody say temptation. Okay. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go uh, will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even if... I love this. Is, he, is his spirit not willing? Look at this. Even if all are made to stumble, yet I will not be. I will not stumble. Even if all these fools do, I won't. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that today... Today, we're only talking a couple hours from now. Today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. They would say temptation. Do you think Jesus knew that was coming? Hey, watch and pray because something's coming. Well, yeah, but, you know, you've always been saying that. The Lord's gonna return. I know. He's been saying that for two thousand years. I'd call that casualness. Be alert. Be attentive. Well, what would that mean? So you gotta have to, okay, you're hearing something. So, amen. You hear words coming from above, you're gonna have to now. Apply something. So what would that mean? Well, in their case, maybe if you're getting sleepy, get your fanny off the ground. Walk around or something. Keep yourself awake. What will it take? Well, the excuse ain't going to do you no good. Well, I was tired. I was sleepy. I had a hard day. I mean, I'm doing a lot of stuff. You better be awake and alert. You better be vigilant. Or you're going to fall prey to something. Here it comes. Oh. He'll understand. He's trying to t- see, see, it's too much casualness. He tells us stuff. When God says, shut thy mouth, it's a good one. It happens a lot. Most people ignore it, but it happens a lot. Shut thy mouth. Don't meditate on that. So is that just as much the words from above as these right here In this? It's just as much words from above as these things you're reading right now. When he tells you, how about be respectful, be kind, love that individual? Oh, you just don't understand. Your excuse ain't going to do you one hill of being a good. It's just as important. That word he said is just as important as this one right here. Watch and pray. And they go on, verse 31, he spoke more vehemently. He said, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Now, do you think his spirit was willing But how many know his flesh is pretty weak? Come on. We're talking about Peter. (laughs) Fisherman. It's like lumberjack. But I'm a fisherman. I fish for a living. Gun show. You don't have to die for you. i die for you. I ain't going to deny you. That's for wimps. That's for sissies. They'll deny you. I won't. And they all said, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. Let's read verse 50. Same chapter, just, what, a few verses down the road, and they all forsook him and fled. Now, we all know the story, and I'm not here to try to depress everybody. I'm just trying to say, I think there was a little bit of casualness about what he said. We didn't think. See, because we have a willing spirit. I mean, no, a willing spirit isn't enough sometimes. We got to have some kind of action because there are times stuff goes down, and you better know who you are, and you better be ready. Shut that Internet down. What are you looking at that for? What are you talking like that for? What are you acting like that for? Change that. Change that attitude. You might have a willing spirit, but your flesh is weak. And If you don't apply yourself and do the little things that God talks to you about, you're going to fall prey. You're going to enter into temptation. The word temptation, we better at least give you a definition of that, or to enter into temptation refers to yielding to the solicitation, bad, evil, or hurtful, whatever it may be. I don't have time to go there, but James 1 makes it real clear that God is not the reason for the temptation. It's because you have surrendered to the solicitations. And then it turns into, through a progression of events, now you have fallen prey to sin, stuff you know better, but you've done. And the whole time, the Spirit of God was talking to you about it. Saying, please, don't do that. Don't yield to that. Did I lose you? Most people, I closed my book, um, but I do have one more verse for you. Put Ephesians 5 up there. This is what he said. Therefore, arise, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead. And Christ will give you light. Wake from the wake from sleep. It's the same exact word that was used there in Mark's account that we just read, and we all, you know, you know, it sounds right. Wake, you who sleep, but the word here literally means not just referring to lying down for rest, but it literally refers to a lack of interest or concern for spiritual things. The word sleep. So when he says awake, he's telling him, step up, get, get yourself out of the stupor. Amen. Rise up from this casualness. Arise from the dead. And the word dead there actually means the condition of an unsaved man. And it said, "In Christ will give you light. Now, my point in reading this is this look at your neighbor and say, There is hope for you. See, we had to get to the end. Because some of you are just like, you know, think about the disciples. I mean, we read, you know, where they got kind of the, but you know what? Those boys, well, minus one, they ended up doing pretty good. Somewhere along the line, amen, they woke up. Now, I'm not talking about our woke generation garbage. I'm talking about a real waking up, come on, to spiritual matters. Come on, somebody. And so I'm talking about, praise God, amen, rising up from this casualness, this, come on, somebody, the word says, uh, you know, talks about a rising. Zion should rise out of ease. Woe to those who are in ease because it's a dangerous place. Why? Because that's where you enter. Into temptation. It's in those moments that we yield, we walk through the doorways, so to speak, of solicitation of the enemy. Wake up, rise up, be the people we're called to be. Don't let the enemy lull you to sleep. Don't let the enemy somehow cause you to just become casual to the words of Jesus. Are you still with me? Look at your neighbor and said, he went long, but it was worth it. That was kind of weak. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Thanks for listening.